bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Intermean, joined by Brian Brushwood. Hello, hello. And Mr. Bryce Castillo. Hey, everybody, that's me. Hey, man, three out of four Weird Things hosts agree that Weird Things is more important than, I don't know, the election that the divides election. the Senate. I, I was going to say decides the Senate, but I guess divides works just as well. <laughs> Uh, 2021. <laughs> it's all better now, man. So, Don't you know? 2020, yeah. it was a haunted year. Now it's over. How do you feel? It's fine. I, I, I have to. I mean, look, give give people something to something to talk about. Let people say good riddance to 2021. I don't know. So to 2021 I, or 2020? Hey, man, let's give I'm them something give, to talk about. <laughs> I'm going to give you a hypothetical conflict. Not anybody I know. Okay. Imagine that you had a significant investment in tesla stock in 2020 mm. and you watched it go up tremendously in value how would you feel about the year hypothetically <laughs> through... hypothetically i would yeah. have noticed that today alone it went up 3.35 or 53 percent uh hypothetically yeah oh. and, and, and here you are in some <laughs> place where you have people who are losing jobs and suffering and whatnot and you're going through uh, the worst year of their life and then you're like this person's like holy cow look at this stock did you know mm -hmm. um and then you're on venmo and <laughs> trying to help people around you considerably out of guilt. hypothetically how, how fast might what might somebody in that position uh re-diversify their stocks <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they were already pretty diversified to begin with. Okay, hypothetically. Um, hypothetically, hypothetically that's good. But anyhow, good. yeah, it's hypothetically, a weird, high five. It's, it's weird times. <laughs> it's weird times. Weird times where it's this that mixed sort of like, man, what a horrific year for tragedy. And it's like, ah, oh, World War II, but man, my munition stocks went <laughs> Boy, way up. GM is going nuts. <laughs> it turns out prioritizing yeah. the economy <laughs> was good for the economy. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. So uh yeah uh yeah we haven't talked in a while i i think uh i missed the last one but uh um you know now now our problem is hey our vaccinations are piling up and we don't know how to distribute them right i'll <laughs> tell you like, what jeez oh, that's a that's a boots on the ground reporting my parents have a neighbor who's like got more time and than anything and, and is calling constantly found a retirement home that had like 80 extra units and was like uh called my parents said hey gonna get you covered we're gonna get covered everything will be fine they got 80 extra units they got more units than they have people at the re their retirement home and then um not so much people who were able to do the shots which I thought was really weird. But, Wait, are you saying that the 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 administrating staff was not able to get a vaccine before the people that they were serving? Uh, what the story I heard, sure, sure, all sure, of sure. this hearsay, uh, was that they literally had the units on hand, but they had nobody 
with the blessing oh, to administer them. Couldn't have anyone do it. Correct. Oh. Correct. So 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 even though my parents, my parents' neighbors, all that stuff, like they're all like, well, these are extra units that are not being used. We would like to use them. And they said, Oh, if only we had a person with the blessing, uh, you know, to to do this. Yeah. I mean, there have been reports of of, you know, uh people running out into the street and saying, like, hey, this vaccine is about to expire today. Who wants it right <laughs> would, now? Would you like it, pizza driver? And then they do it and because they're, you know, they need the the super low temperatures. And I'm sure a lot of places aren't able to maintain those temperatures uh, before they administer them. And it, that I, makes a conflict I, with, with it's, in my imagination. Everyone turns into Rod Blagojevich saying like, like, you don't even understand the value of the thing that I have. I, <laughs> I, I got to get my full worth out of this. I, I, I don't know enough to go. Well, here's the, this is who did it, or this is because a lot of it's state level, mostly it's state distribution is sort of the level. And I don't know mm -hmm. enough about even my own state to be able to say where the issue is or whatnot. So I think part of the problem is because a lot of it, like we, we well point to the person we don't like or whoever would say this, a lot of it's state level, a lot of it's just state, you know, this is the fact distribution is like state level sort of thing. And, and every state has their issues. And I think part of it though was this when the idea that there was a vaccine proposed, like, Hey, we may have something by the end of this year. We're going to try to do this. Ridiculed experts, like there's videotapes of people going, like you know, one of my favorite children's science explainers is going, "It's going to take two years. It's two years. Anything before this, you know, ridiculous." Um, no, it turned out it was like seven months. But anyhow, um, we had this, but part of it was people were people. Nobody really thought it would happen this fast, and all of a sudden, oh wait, we have them. Uh, what do we do now? And I think part of it is that. Optimism versus negative, negativism, ne uh, optimism versus pessimism. If you live in a world. <laughs> I was like, there ought to be a better where, word. Oh, wait, there is. <laughs> I'm so positive. I don't even know the word that's the opposite <laughs> of optimism. If you live in a world where like, no, I think we could happen. I think it could happen. Let's prepare for it. Then you're prepared and you sort of figure out how to do these things. If you're like, no, 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 no. Oh, we have it. Okay. Well, now I got to figure out how we got to distribute this life-saving vaccine that we're saving, you know, many, many lives and helping protect the elderly. I, I, I. This might only be uh, secondhand knowledge at best, but um, uh, 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 even at the state level, it's there. There's a lot of logistical hurdles. I don't know if you know it. The federal government kind of hasn't been doing a good job with with the with the handling the pandemic, in my opinion. And uh, that, I, I'm, that not, meant I'm not going to say good or. But, but I, I understand that, but yeah. but but that's also meant that I, the that the states uh, have also been having trouble. You know, they don't know how many they're going to get. They don't know where they're going to go. They didn't know yeah. what how to prioritize no, I, originally. I, I understand that. I got an answer. No government, federal, any government in the world did a good job. Let's make that very clear. And and we had oh, we should be like these other places. And now they got spiking rates and stuff. And and we had you know people here who you know doing book tours on how great of a job they handled and now they're watching humongous problems nobody's done a good job like they're okay. very very clear i'm uh, not going to say uh, that that's all fine uh, uh, my my yeah. point yeah go ahead my I, okay was the attitude no it won't happen we're not going to get this vaccine this year helpful or not helpful towards being prepared for distributing a vaccine this year uh yeah. So it's, it sounds like 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 the very expectation that that it's not going to turn out well in some ways sounds like uh, from uh, and, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, and and state health organization, if you're or if you're a planner and you're mm -hmm. thinking, OK, we need to think about a rollout and you're like, no, we're not going to have it this year. Then you're not going to plan for a rollout. 
And that's part of the problem is people got caught off guard because we had a vaccine while people were thinking, we'll plan for a rollout next year. We'll plan for this. We'll do this. Nobody did the planning in any depth because they, we were told it wasn't going to happen this year. Okay. Uh, my, my secondhand experience would, would, would disagree with that, that they had been starting to plan as early as, you know, around the election. Um, but oh, starting, starting, I've been starting to plan in my colony on Europa. Okay. Well, it's a big machine. It's I'm saying it's a big machine and, and, and you, they can, they're, I, I sure they're doing the best they to, can. To, to I, I don't back. think they are. <laughs> I, okay. I don't think they're doing the best they can. And then this expectation, oh, well, we're not going to, we're not going to have a vaccine until next year or whatever. Same people. Oh, wait, now we got to like, I, I, I just don't think I, that that's the my... problem that someone said we won't have a vaccine until next year. I don't think that that's well, a singular so problem here. If, if, if we oh, could put, I don't it's a singular, but it's a factor. If, if, if we could put a pin in that, I would love to know whether or not there's any credibility to the claim that I heard, which was uh, that that uh, they had sequenced the 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 vaccine uh, within like four days of, 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 of having isolated the gene or something like that. Like, is that really how fast yes. everything else has been? Yep. Nothing but, but but just testing, making sure it got to enough people and, and results were, you know, double blind categorized. Yeah, there there is you know, the testing, the procedures, things like this. And now we have thing two where. The vaccine, uh, the most prominent vaccine is 90% effective. Most flu vaccines are maybe 60 or 70% effective. But we're doing, we're, the FDA can approve it for single dose usage and double the total number of doses, and everybody can be vaccinated by March. But the likelihood of that happening is not there. And I guess what I'm trying to say, Bryce, I'm not saying it's one problem or one person's fault or anything like this. I am saying in an attitude, of, if you go into it thinking, well, everybody says this, so we don't think we're going to have to deal with this until later. And then all of a sudden, because it got political very fast, we'd think, well, that was bad. to. If you have X amount of resources, they would think it was bad to plan for a rollout this soon when thinking people were being told, no, we don't think it's going to happen until a year later or so. So uh, that actually brings up another thought that that I haven't really come down on what side I, I I like I understand both motivations when when uh, uh, like for example I've, I didn't want to say any one person because everyone's gonna decide they're either on this person's side or against it but 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 let's say dr. fauci or whatever like he talks about uh, had talked about how um, herd immunity would be at 60 to 70 percent and then that moving goalpost happened and he full-on copped to moving the goalpost and explained the reasons why and i found myself really torn because as an a uh, bit of a objectivist uh you know um uh, somebody who who like uh, uh, likes evidence and so on like i understand why he would do that and i applaud his honesty but but that was like that was like fresh meat <laughs> for an entire group of other people who to decide that 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 nothing that 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 was good or bad or whatever. Like I I, I understand um, uh, why you would be slow to 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 admit the severity of of a. I I, I guess I guess I'm asking I, about the question about the noble lie. Is there ever a noble? It's lie? not. We live in a democracy. We live in a democracy. If you're going to do a lie, if you're going to lie. You better have your receipts, and afterwards, you bet this was the smart choice, and that's not happened. Had we had masks back when I bought masks in January, and then when when 
said people are like, no, you don't need to wear masks. Their goal is, oh, we need to reserve masks for, you know, primary health, you know, providers. Understandable. But a lot of people got sick and some people died because they didn't wear masks because our government told us we don't need to wear masks because there was this ulterior plot. And I would argue, I would say that, again, don't have the data to back it up, but somebody will. Probably would have, but we would have slowed the spread had we been wearing masks back when they were saying don't wear masks. And so I would say the receipts are not checking out, and it's a problem in a democracy. You don't lie. Yeah, you was it lie. was is it Poland? There, there was some Eastern Bloc country that full on didn't have masks, and just everybody knitted masks, and and it turns out they were better than nothing up until and yeah. and if I remember correctly, the data was they were doing pretty good up until just everybody pooped the bed, <laughs> and then suddenly yeah, like like it's. Yeah. And part of it, you know, we were looking at other countries going, why can't we be like South Korean? Like, well, they were wearing masks. Like, that's the thing. Like, oh, we should respond like there. And then like, oh, well, China's got a great response. Like, well, one, we don't know what its response was, but they're wearing masks, <laughs> you know? And and that's the thing is that like, it's part of the thing that's frustrating is that like, I, I, like I said, it's democracy. It's not how you handle, it's not how you handle our public officials should not be using line as a policy. I mean, there are, there are exceptions might be wartime stuff like this, but you got to have your receipts. You so, know, Lincoln, Lincoln did, you know, stuff that afterwards were like, okay. So, uh, to bring it back to weird things territory, we're now at a place where, uh, we're in that, that mushy middle between like a vaccine's been made and we're not yet to a hundred percent availability. And there's all kinds of conspiracy theories, uh, talk about like whether any particular policy is ageist, racist, classist, you, uh, anything that ends with IST, um, is there any right answer on how to do the vaccine rollout? I mean, the, uh, uh, at this point I would imagine it's a good time to be Pfizer or AstraZeneca or any of those folks where it's like, hey, man, my job is to pull this lever and make more vaccine. How y'all roll it out, that, that seems like a you problem, not a me problem. What, what's the best way to roll out a vaccine? I, or, yeah, or, or, or what, what is the, is there any way, let, let's try to keep it meta maybe, uh, is there any way that won't be judged by harshly no. by 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 other groups but i guess i guess not when we're dealing with you have to prioritize fear yeah you know you have to well, roll should, out rapidly it's, yeah i think it's i think it's you start the most vulnerable like who are the first to die the elderly and the people with with the you know ailments and stuff and i think that you know frontline workers elderly you know i think that's where you start you know well so 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 let's um, do uh, what's interesting is frontline workers and the elderly are kind of two different um, ethical motivations. One is those most likely to die from the disease versus those who are most utilitarian, uh, uh, have the greatest utility from a, uh, economic perspective. Well, highest uh, risk of exposure. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Because they're also yeah. physically there or whatever. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then, then you get into weird stuff like, well, I don't know, our, our, our air quotes leaders, you know, our politicians or whatever. Are oh, they ridiculous. More important? I, watching, yeah, watching senators and watching people getting vaccinated before my parents drove yeah. me nuts because it's like, like, oh, you're you're under you're under forty and you're getting vaccinated. Great, I know two people, two older people right now who I'd love to be vaccinated but aren't. And the oh, we're doing this because we're trying to show people it's not it's safe. Nobody who thinks it's not safe is going to be swayed by that. Nobody, nobody is going to. And that was just that that whole show, and that was bipartisan. 
bipartisan across the board. And I'm not pointing a finger at any particular, it's everybody. Let me make that very clear. I'm not like, because I'm not like, well, my guy, my, my person to be like, no, like I think it's messed up. I think it's a problem of bureaucracy, whatever. But like, that was, that's the sort of frustrating thing is it's like, like, you know, we, well, we have 15 days to slow the curve because to protect grandma. Great. Is grandma protected? No. But look who's getting vaccinated, you know, who's, you know, you know, I've seen, and it's frustrating. Yeah. yeah. I, I was like, I credit to, I, I'll give credit. Like, I don't know much about it. Ron DeSantis, governor of Florida, like, you're going to vaccinate. He's like, no, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not, you know, the at risk group, but let them get vaccinated, then I'll get vaccinated. And I'm like, wow. Like, that's, uh, you got you know, to take price. To hear that out of a politician was, um, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I, it's there, there's there's so many different weird sides to this, right? Of like you know, uh, hospital workers in this county, forty percent of them said they would not take the vaccine, and 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 then you look at uh, 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 was it Columbia University in their hospital system where they didn't they they vaccinated all their administrators and did not vaccinate <laughs> their residents because their residents technically did not have a like a home location and so their algorithm didn't give them one it's bs that was such craziness yeah um it's and it's I, like and those and, and those are the types of things where it's like like i don't know whether it would have been more time or more care that those things could have been caught but i'm uh, you know at least in the the colonial case like that's that shouldn't have happened at all that's very obviously the, not a blame thing it on an algorithm was dishonest it's out because if you're saying oh we had was there no human in the loop to go look and who was who was doing this i i would say that i you know obviously there's a lot of frustration out there and, and i'm not in the position of being the person having to make these decisions which is probably best for everybody um i i do say that and maybe i'm guilty of this too but is the our urge to politicize things is costing lives and i mean this on across the board and not say one group group a we see this we see that some people you know even most precautionary measures out of trying to make some sort of statement other people taking sort of this you know draconian approaches towards stuff which making it worse whatever and i wish that we were in a place where we really embraced more of a what if dialogue and i'd say that that was part of my starting point the frustration of the vaccine rollout was because the idea that we'd have this so quickly was ridiculed by people who are many people who are now responsible for helping implement this. And I believe in a positive attitude towards like, we could solve this. We could think that largely it's a very beneficial attitude. It doesn't mean it's these things are solved or whatever, but when you start with it won't, then it won't. And to be clear, uh, is it your opinion that, that, that some of whoever these people are uh, were engaged in the noble lie like they thought they were protecting the populace by not getting over excitement about like hey man no be serious about wearing masks and staying at home uh and and, and to encourage that i'm gonna i'm gonna double down on how there ain't no vaccine around the corner and then whoopsie doodle the vaccine comes around the corner don't I, I think that may have been a factor as to sort of managing people. Everybody's trying to manage everybody else's expectations, which I understand that. And you use that with information and not manipulation because every manipulator, and as we've seen, they are not. We, we've increased the level of distrust for public health officials and not increased it. It's, you know, I mean, it, it's, gotten, it's gotten worse in, in many ways because of what, you know, 
how things have been handled, et cetera. And I'd say that we had a lot of, and people who were who should not have been speaking way outside of their expertise and stuff about like, oh, this won't happen, this, this, and whatever. And I think it's a, I don't know, it's a frustrating factor where we, in the absence of facts, we just resort to whatever we choose to believe. So, so I have a question that I honestly can't decide what is morally the right of two option. And it's a real question that people went through, uh, administrators, people in positions of power. So you've got this vaccine and you know that theoretically they're shot one and shot two and they're what, two weeks apart, right? Uh, or up to 12 weeks apart. Ethically, morally, if you're an administrator, if you're a middleman, if you're somebody deciding on pricing and all that, is there, what is the ethical argument for both sides between give everybody shot number one and just decide you're going to hit the ground running and that you're going to get shot number two in their hands by 12 weeks or only give shot one to everybody that you are certain you could give shot two to within two or three weeks? Like, like, uh, that is, the, um, uh, I don't know. I like to I like to universalize a lot of these problems, and I found myself really conflicted. Like I don't know what the right answer is, and that well, uh, when it, it comes to utilitarian, you know, uh, the, the greatest good, we have to determine a goal. If the goal is fewer people dying of COVID, then give a shot in a single person effective to take take your forty million doses and give them to forty million people instead of twenty million people because you, now you've double the number of immunity it's simple so 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 yes give it give everybody shot number one and and um uh there is kind of the outlying factor of uh the fact that it's possible that there's some amount of immunity given just by one shot so now you're in sort of like a in between like uh quote unquote full full immunity or what have you ron bailey who writes for reason who's been covering a lot of the stuff well i love ron but ron Ron famously said when, when this first started, when the first rumors of an epidemic coming out of Wuhan said like, hey, given how fast, it's amazing how quickly we're able to detect this, whatever, uh, we'll probably be able to handle this through the lockdowns and this may, we may have no more pandemics. <laughs> oh, that's right. He, he, he did take the yeah. fairly bold stance that, and, that maybe we're at the end of, of pandemics full stop. Yeah, and, and his point and, and Ron is Ron's a smart, smart guy. Ron was speaking, thinking from the assumption of assuming that all of our public health officials from China to here were acting in the way that we would expect them to do from information communication, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, but, you know, when you had the World Health Organization pushing against any kind of travel bans, when you had people acting in very, again, we'll be dismantling this for years, but you get where you were at. But anyhow, what Ron's pointed out, you know, like, hey, the of the two, the two of the two dose vaccines, like the, I forget which one it is, but um, two doses, it's ninety six percent effective. In a single dose, though, it's ninety percent effective, and ninety percent is much more effective than most flu vaccines. Wow! And so, and that's his like he he's made a very cogent case. Like the FDA, but only approved it though for two doses. So it's up to the FDA to say, hey, you know what? Let's emergency situation. We'll let do single doses because you immediately double the vaccine supply. So and the, uh, uh, dur during the uh, technical hiccup, Bryce was mentioning that he wasn't certain that that a lot of folks would be confident to go in to get the, the vaccine regardless. Or, I, you know, part of my thinking is if 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 we've especially here where, you know, we started to see the rollout of the vaccine and people know that, hey, all of these vaccines are two dose. 
uh, you know, require two shots to be an effective, um, an effective vaccine or, you know, the most effective vaccine, whatever. Um, I feel like that if, if suddenly the response is, well, Hey, we're going to cut costs and we're going to just give everyone a one dose and maybe we'll see about a second. I think you're going to see people not want to engage with that or, or, you know, continue, you know, social distancing or whatever, if, if they feel like they're going in and being a part of this process and now not even getting the, the effective version of the vaccine I don't, no i don't well that's one it's not to cut costs it's in order to vaccinate the most people to get we can get you tell people what it is mm-hmm. single dose is 90 percent effective single dose by the read data is 90 percent effective. like hey listen two doses 96 single dose is 90 for we're going to make a single dose available to everybody who can or double the number of people available right now and get there and if people don't want to take it that's fine i like they were like oh like 40 percent of these people aren't taking it fine vaccinate the other people who are at risk who want to get vaccinated like that's i don't i don't see a problem like if somebody doesn't want to get vaccinated good for you i i would like that vaccine well i have you know people at risk who i love who would like to have get vaccinated first good for you let somebody else do it we're not going to worry about you wow that's a whole other aspect i didn't think about where it's like how much money is it worth to spend on effective science communication to save the life of people who don't believe that they need to get vaccinated, uh, especially in a world where where right now there's everybody. The, the, uh, let's say, for example, there's a 61 year old who says, I absolutely do not want this, want this vaccine. And there's a 32 year old who's like, I absolutely do want this vaccine. How much money do you spend to convince the 61 year old that he should take it? And, and it sounds like the answer is uh, uh, possibly zero uh, in, in the situation that, that you just described. Well, yeah, because we've seen that before, and that's the promise of health policy is they think, well, if we spend this much money, we'll have this effect. Like, no, we should, we know that doesn't really work that way. You know, the, the, these patterns don't change like this. They don't change by paying out $50 million to, you know, campaign companies to try to change people's perceptions. Where do you, you look at like, you know, where do you find anti-vaxxer communities? Strong red, strong blue communities. I live in LA. We have wealthy enclaves of people who don't get vaccinated you know, don't want their kids vaccinated because they have fears of, you know, whatever. Same with, you know, in red state areas, too. It's a very both sides, both both conservatives and liberals can have their own reasons for being fearful. Or, you know, we you know, it used to be thought like, oh, the only vaccine truthers, you know, were Republicans. And then, you know, Trump started talking about an you know, accelerated vaccine program. And then you had major politicians on the other side going, I'm not so sure I want to take it now. And it's like, oh, geez. Oh, geez. It's like every, and again, I'm not saying nobody looks good in my book. Let me make that very clear. Um, but yeah, I'm just like, you want to do that? Great. Somebody else wants it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if, I mean, if someone doesn't want to take the vaccine, don't force them, but at least, at least we should say, Hey, the, we're, we're given, we're, we know we're giving you, you know, the tested and effective two dose treatment versus, you know, at, at least, you know, Speaking for today, change, changing course and making a big change of like, oh, now they say now they say it's only one one dose and that'll be. No, they always said uh, that that was that information never changed. The information's always been there. If you read the data, you have to. But most people did not read that data. No, but I'm saying, but it's not a lot. But I I know nobody read it. Nobody read it. That's the problem. Our public health officials haven't even read it. The people on the news talking about this haven't read it and don't have to know. And that's the thing that drives me nuts is it's the same. It's the mass kind of thing all over again. Well, I heard this, whatever. 
read the data, look this stuff up, you know, and not just then, then pontificate to the world, but think about everything that comes in here. And I'm just saying it's like, it's it's not a, if people don't want to take it, Bryce, I will take a single dose. Gladly, I'd like to do the two dose, great. Single dose, the only one available, fantastic. I'm not saying we'll force people, I'm not saying force people who don't want it to to have it. Um, that That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying, I think we'd be better off opting, you know, based on that data, we'd be better off saying, hey, everybody, we're going to do this in single doses. We get 90% because, you know, this it's this effective. We're going to do this. You would save more. The math is do the spreadsheet. You would save more lives. Less people get sick. Yeah, I, I guess um, the the bummer is that we're in the situation where because uh, I think all of us would love it if we were in a position where everybody got to choose. But instead, we're not only in a place where people don't get to choose, but get we to have choose. 50 different verticals of uh, various, you know, commissars or, or czars that are able to decide how it will be in their in their in individual state, which you, you could make a case for. That's why um, if you uh, leave it up to people's choices, then they will go and have big parties and and, you know, won't be. Like that's why we're having these spreads and these spikes is because people are going out and and I live in LA. Everything's banned. People are having parties. We are having a spike here. We have no outdoor dining. No outdoor dining. You cannot go anywhere. We're having a spike. People chose. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I agree. Well, people people make bad decisions. Well, so I'm saying is that like no amount of policy is going to change that. Uh. Yeah, well, and and likewise, I think the the flip side is that you know the whole federalist idea was that you would have individual fifty individual laboratories to try different things and have different rules in different areas, and that's something we've talked about even in the world of uh, uh, one of the other programs I do is called Cord Killers. It's all about how to cut the cable cord and watch what you want, when you want, whenever you want, and uh, we were talking about how some areas. Uh, it, it, it's shocking to somebody in, let's say, Iowa, that somebody in New York is watching a movie at a movie theater or vice versa. Um, and it really does seem like, like, you know, my take was it should be like local weather. If it's locally a hurricane happening, then no, don't go outside without an umbrella. But if it's not, then that should be fine. But uh, um, but but it's tough when when everybody is as wound tight as we all are to 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 know what what the we, we all desperately crave a singular solution a singular policy and and, and I, I i just don't think we're gonna have one no one up but i mean i think that my my frustration is more of like the 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 bureaucracies and the politicians of the planning like because like la is a thing that we banned outdoor dining on no scientific evidence whatsoever there was right. zero evidence to ban outdoor dining but they banned it anyways so what happens so, when you uh, and, outdoor and, dining? By the way, see the noble eye argument. Imagine we talked about that for hours and hours, but 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 that's ultimately what, what it boils down to. Yeah, and the problem is there is well, they say they banned it. There is there was no evidence, right? They banned it in the middle of a holiday season where people want to get together and see friends. We had a relatively safe way to do it, like oh, let's go meet you know Burbank outside, you know the patio, whatever we can go talk, blah blah blah. We had a way to do that. Bandit, no evidence. And I'm saying that it's possible there could be transmission, but probably at a low level. Bandit. So did people say, you know what? I'm not going to see my friends. I'm not going to get together this holiday season. They said, okay, well, we're going to go do it in our home. And we're going to get people in these 
unmonitored, tighter, smaller, less ventilated boxes. Hey, guess what? Spiked. Yeah. Right. I, Justin and I called this when they banned outdoor dining in California. We're both like, this is going to make it worse. And we watched it get worse. And it was like, and so is it, and it was a politics like, well, we tried. It's like, well, you probably, you, you just want to be able to say, not my fault. Well, and and uh, what, what, what I'm hearing uh, as the third party in this conversation is both of you be right. Uh, 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 Bryce, you're, you sound 100% right to me in that. I think those people would have had holiday parties regardless of if they could have eaten outside. Pe- uh, people don't make good decisions, right? And then uh, uh, and, and, uh, Andrew also sounds right to me when he says uh, lo- laws or regulations or, or tickets or whatever don't, are, are not effective at causing people to suddenly make better decisions. I, there are certain things that do and certain things that don't. And in, to be abandoning indoor dining, I got that. And Bryce, to your point, if the what the measure I'd say is I compare us to Florida, okay, which has a much like which allows you know allows outdoor and lets indoor and restricted things. California had a much bigger spike. We had very similar demographics, very similar areas. When you compare us to other places in situations where that have been draconian without you know, without a populace that's willing to comply, you get that. And we watched our spikes start to go up the moment outdoor dining got banned and you look to see where the ticks started happening, people started moving those things indoors. The data, again, could be causation correlation, but we saw the spike once this happened. Florida, so, other places, we didn't see it the same way. Look, looking forward, what do, you, what do you think it looks like when it comes to a pro-social way to communicate that you either have or have not been vaccinated and how much does it matter when vaccination is not a hundred percent guarantee of anything? It's, it's not the same as I, I, I actually, I was about to say smallpox, but I actually don't know how effective the smallpox vac- vaccination is. I don't, again, I'm like uh, 90% or 96% with two doses, pretty damn effective. The 4% are generally people at a much higher risk group are people who are sort of, again, <laughs> We need to take extra precautions to protect and spend more money and resources to protect those people, not just sequester them somewhere and not watch what happens or what have you. But I'm saying that's really damn effective. I think it comes down to sort of then sort of a personal choice. If you get a widely available vaccine at 90 or 96 percent effective and you get a majority of people will get vaccinated, you're going to see much lower rates. Whether or not somebody else vaccinated, not my business. Don't care. Oh, that's interesting. I I suppose I was thinking about... um the pro-social acceptance of, of like, hey, don't worry that I'm here because I've been vaccinated. But, uh, but for you, it, uh, it, it, everything's, uh, it, it's the reverse, which is uh, if I'm walking outside, I'm assuming the whole world has it and nobody's vaccinated but me. Yeah. What about you, Bryce? And- Where are you at? I, I mean, I, I think we're on the cusp of uh, probably a pretty nasty social phenomena of people commoditizing and monetizing um very unofficial ways to let everyone know that you uh, maybe you got a vaccine right whether it's patches pins cards whatever right like there are you know they give you we've seen i've they've got that people's taking photos of the little vaccine card that they give you when you get your dosage you can, it's just paper you can just you could probably fake that really easily i think that, that there's going to be I, I i i don't know if it's i don't think it'll be major but i think there'll be a non-zero number of case stories of people who you know uh walked into the store and showed my i got vaccinated card and they didn't or i, mean, I didn't why but again what's the point again why why does a store need to know or care if everybody works or is vaccinated um 
Yeah, I think it's all uh, signaling of various varieties because you're right. Like, um, I think for every every video that is out there of someone complaining about you know a mask policy in a store is another chance for that to happen. Yeah, but the mask policy in the store is because we're all vulnerable. If I'm vaccinated mm -hmm. and and ninety six percent, which is effectively if you're healthy, a hundred percent effective, fine. Don't care. Don't. I, why? Why? You're not risking. If somebody, somebody theoretically in a closed environment, not wearing a mask, increases the available virus in there to people who are not vaccinated. It's a different thing. I just, I don't. I must be missing something because I'm like, if I'm vaccinated, what the f? Cough in my face. Well, well, well the I, I think the the um, what I suspect the worry is is if if we make uh, a badge somehow a a symbol that allows uh levels of vip privilege whether it be to get into a store or get into a club or, or whatever uh, why? If, why 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 would you what, uh, uh, yeah. well i'm not advocating for that by the way uh, no but i don't yeah. but I, what does it do like if i'm all vaccinated why would you care why would you say well we don't want an unvaccinated person here they're not going to get you sick uh, for example, let's let's take a maybe less loaded question and say, uh, let's say there's a bar that gives a free drink to anyone who has an I voted sticker. Yes, you could absolutely counterfeit an I voted sticker. Also, you could have a legitimate argument about whether or not it's a good or a bad thing to say you voted. Um, but uh, nobody disputes that they're easy to counterfeit and it ultimately doesn't matter also, I would not dispute that that bar ultimately just wants people inside hanging out at their establishment. And so likewise, that's the same for, or in my mind, if it's an I vaccinated sticker and a, you know, being allowed into a private establishment, of a, a, a grocery store or what have you, where it's like, like, we're, we're going to, we're going to make a stand about like only allowing vaccinated people in or you know, similarly pro-social behavior. I, I, I mean, uh, I, I don't, and I don't even expect that that'll be the case. I'm just saying that the phenomena that we have now of people waving around, you know, fake ADA cards saying, yeah, you, you know, you don't have to, you have to let me in the store without wearing a mask, which is not how the ADA works. Like, I think we're just going to see that with people waving around badges, you know, patches or pins or fake cards that say I got vaccinated, even if they didn't just as I, a, as a way to be like, I don't, I don't need to wear a mask. I got this thing. I now bought this $20 thing that gives well, me, uh, again, if I'm vaccinated, I don't need to wear a mask either. I don't care. I just don't, <laughs> I don't understand if I'm vaccinated, why I should care if somebody else wants to pretend they're vaccinated, what benefit do they get? Uh, I think the the reason you might care might be because um, when you've done something legitimately, it's a bummer when someone else claims they've done the same thing. Um, why are, again, my point is, how are they claiming? I mean, what? It, why would they claim, or what would they? I don't. And, did, you, and did, you, did you get a flu vaccine? Did you get a flu vaccine? I did. Okay. Do you get it every year? I do. Did you uh, wear a sticker? Does anybody ask you? Has any who asked you? Was the last time well, somebody asked you? If you, had a flu you vaccine? right now. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> that's it. Is it is it? The flu is very contagious. Right. I get the flu vaccine mm -hmm. all the time. Still meant to get flu. Nobody effing cares because if you're vaccinated for flu, then you're less likely. But I'm just saying, it's like sure. Like, but I'm I'm just saying, like right now. I mean, whatever. When when a vaccine is more widely available, yeah, it won't be a problem. The people who want a vaccine will have it, and those who don't 
Well, it's the yeah, scarcity that, that that makes everything tricky you know, right in, now. In, okay. in the during the rollout, and when you have you know part time staff, cashiers and and greeters, whatever, who still have to you know enforce mask laws if people are now rolling around or mask policies whatever rolling around saying oh i got a vaccine i don't need to wear a mask i'm not contagious no that's not okay I mean, you're talking about short term yeah but yes. again i have friends who have had covid they still wear effing masks and because we never came up with and they've been immune we've have you, immune you, people you could say my around. name it's me it's yeah. me oh, i had you, covid you yeah. and i wear masks yes i had a friend <laughs> back in march I had a buddy got it back in March and he's been spending, you know, he's had to wear a stupid mask on his face all this time because, you know, and like, I hear you, man, he got COVID and it was on vinyl. You don't have to rub it in my face. All right. Bad. bad. (laughs) Oh, really? Anyhow. Yeah. Mm. My point is not to say you wasn't bad, Brian. You're just bad too. It's a different bad. (laughs) My point is like Bryce, to your point, until there's a mask roll out, yeah, everybody wear a freaking mask, you know, do the mask policy, whatever. Let's do the masks, you know, but like, there's no, there's no world in the short term where somebody's going to have a card or an ID badge or whatever, like in contagion, like, no, look, I'm free. So, so I, uh, I think we are nibbling on a really interesting question is what does a lack of scarcity look like? And when do we think we'll have a lack? When, when will COVID immunization be as ubiquitous as a flu? Because you, to your point, Andrew, you're a hundred percent right. It's not impressive and it's not worthy of, you know, belting out to the stars that that you got a flu shot. Uh, nobody. It cares. might be though. But, but now that I think about it, it might be actually if you got a flu shot, like I got a flu shot sticker, might not be a bad idea. Uh, well, well, so so like, at, at what point do we cross into boringness? Uh, and 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 should we ever cross into boringness? Might we live in a better world if everybody, you know, kind of as a pro science, pro social phenomenon said i did the reverse of smoking a cigarette today you know and and you know you you will not get secondhand flu from me i don't know i don't we're not pro-science you know we walk into restaurants that proudly exclaim no gmo you know genetically modified organisms is the 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 most tested one of the most tested things there is in the world the safety issues you know are pretty established how safe this is and beneficial it is Yet people who consider themselves very pro-science get excited to buy products that say, we don't use the best of science to make this thing better. Right. So I don't know. Well, and, and, and likewise, there's complications to, to people who want to have less carbon dioxide emissions, but, but are not willing to consider nuclear power the safest power uh, per the numbers that we've ever seen in humanity, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. But, but having said all that, uh, I don't know. I like, I don't want to just throw up my hands and, and back away from the question. I, I do think I, I, I'd be really interested to sort of see the expected rollout because like, let's say there's some number of amount of time for us to get 80% coverage when it comes to the vaccine. But of that 80% people who get the vaccine, there's some 20% of them that care the most about it and want to talk the most about it and will fight the hardest to get it. And there's some other 20% that will very begrudgingly do it. I, I, to, I, I don't know. All of this is fascinating, but, but maybe it's just, it's maybe it's just too close to all of us right now in this moment where, and, and I think you're right, Bryce, it's the scarcity right now of the moment that, that really affects things that, that, that shapes the conversation. But you know who know. is always right? Who? 
anybody who goes to patreon.com slash weird things that's where you can support this kind of show these kind of complicated arguments about the hard science science about like whether or not goblins are secretly bigfoots in disguise and are they in the fifth dimension also how good was the fifth dimension as a band also is it a band that sounds like some grandpa stuff that we would talk about (laughs) on weird things head on over to patreon.com slash weird things get your own rss feeds get our after talks podcast uh sorry after, after things. things after things totally you get a couple show. days early that's fine it's fine you get it early uh but more importantly you keep us in business love you guys the fifth dimension is love <laughs> that's sorry like, oh, dang it. <laughs> i'm sorry I, I can't tell if i'm happy or sad that i understood that the fifth dimension uh, is luke basson <laughs> To any of our listeners who made it this far through my rant and this discussion, uh, you're appreciated. You're very, <laughs> very appreciated. Um, so, and uh, uh, Bryce, I'm going to apologize to you right now for talking over it all that. I, I always no, love fine. your points of view on. I love your points of view on stuff, and I'm very it, glad it, that you uh, bring that I'm into here. Not going to lie, it's all of these. Like this is us at our best is when we really get passionate and heady on stuff. Mm-hmm. Ooh, man, does it get complicated when literally technologically we can't <laughs> effectively have du- full duplex communication sure we're doing yeah. I'm tech glad we got today. there yeah yeah i yeah. Uh, i and you know like i, I you know i don't claim to be to know any of the data or or you know all of the the right numbers and stuff so i can only speak from you know kind of a lay person perspective and, and a conceptual perspective I- as us all, and, and for anybody else, like if you hear me have a back and forth with Bryce, it's like we want Bryce here, so <laughs> there is this other sort of thing too, and that is it's like Brian and I agree on a lot of things, but there's a matter of extremity to that. I would say that's the, the, the extremity is probably the, the variation, and I say Bryce, you've got your take on, and it's good, so it's very very. For those of you who have listened to before, <laughs> we. This is what we want. It gets mm. heated or whatever, but we don't. It's not like, well, Brian, Bryce is not on the show next week because he disagreed with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. It is. Because, you know, the frustrating thing is to listen to something and you have a different take and you never hear your take even brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so, and I'm sure there's takes that we, way more opinions than the ones even we have here or whatever. Yeah. So, hey, man, I got sure stuff we missed. Uh, uh, oh, uh, 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 a quick oh. side jag. There was a reason story talking about space smuggling that, that we never got around uh, uh, to. But a uh, uh, friend of the show, Richard Garriott, recently confessed that he smuggled James Doohan, uh, uh, Doohan uh, Scotty's ashes into space using a trick of right before you go off in a rocket, say, excuse i need to take leak and then uh drop trowel and sneak something into your underwear <laughs> he snuck in oh, a laminated card with the ashes of james doing wow <laughs> star trek scotty uh which is dope uh that's amazing cool i only remember the headline i didn't know it was gary now it makes perfect sense yeah right <laughs> <laughs> it said it said 2008 i'm like I remember something space related that year. <laughs> and then it turns out it's our buddy. <laughs> Hilarious. I got a take. Can I give you my pick? Yes. My pick is whatever behind the scenes negotiation caused Amazon to finally be okay with uploading a decent quality version of the abyss. 
uh the abyss oh, nice. finally back on amazon prime uh I, I i i i had beef with the fact that there was some kind of you know as rights come and go and all that stuff but there was a hot minute that i told my kids get ready there's a movie called the abyss and what we streamed was a four by three pan and scan VHS rip of the abyss <laughs> that somehow was on Amazon prime. It was embarrassing to me and to Jim Cameron. Uh, I, I covered as best Jim, I could. My buddy, him. Jim. Yeah. Me and Jim. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, dude, uh, getting back into the Blu-ray version, I, this wasn't even the director's cut or anything. And there's, there's beefs with, you know, how judicious the cuts are in the tr- uh, theatrical release. But, uh, man, that stuff holds up. Uh, it, it's great. Jim Cameron knows how to tell a simple story. Uh, exquisite Chrome knows how to execute it very, very well. Doesn't overcomplicate the bit. It's 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 awesome. Nice. And 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 I will say I will say that CPR segment alone. Oh my God! Is it like our whole family sitting there holding hands, riveted, and he just how long he lets that linger uh, it, it, I, I dug it it's a fascinating movie in a lot of reasons his story's an interesting sort of story but on a technical level the there are two things that are kind of really cool one was you know the liquid effects was ilm first like really stretching the capability of what they could do with the water stuff which later on when they did t2 was groundbreaking but the abyss was pretty groundbreaking for the vfx and that of using, you know, organic things in an environment in a natural way like that. Second, do you know where he shot this? Yes. Uh, that's one of the stories that my the kids ocean. got. The ocean? got the no, ocean. no, no, no. You would think in a nuke, an abandoned nuclear uh, 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 reactor. A cooling tank? Yeah. Uh, it, it, the, the holding wow. tank. And in order to get it to look pitch black in there, you have to figure out some way to cover up everything, but make it so if somebody's dive equipment doesn't work they can get up and breathe oh wow what do you do you cover the surface in little black pellets the entire surface is covered with little black pellets and they also developed a communications uh you know radio tech where everybody could receive their like and go and action and all that stuff um Think about it. If you're Jim Cameron, you don't also build in two-way communications. Why would you do that? You only need them to hear you. So all of the actors during all of these shots, they would just get James Cameron saying, and go, do the thing. And then there would be extended periods where everybody would just hang out and wait, nobody knowing what was going on. And the actors eventually figured out that if they mashed, by the way, new technology that was developed for the show is how do you show faces with dive equipment? Yeah. He developed a new type of helmet uh, that everybody was wearing. And the actors figured out that if they pushed their faces against each other plate to plate and yelled at the top of their lungs, they could barely hear each other through there as they got the one way directions from the from uh, the director. It's it's huh. remarkable. It's it's not quite at that perfect sweet spot the way Titanic is in that perfect blend of practical and special uh, computer generated effects. But man, is it close? It's it, the practical effects are uh, you could tell some stuff is miniatures. It was really fun for my kids to not be familiar with miniatures, you know, three foot tall benthic explorers being knocked around by by you know sea winds or whatever um and and they were like how did they even it, it was it's it's worth another look and it does hold up and it's a very very simple story that i think i think people will like nice i know uh a diver 
couple people who've been working on Avatar 2. And everything I've heard about, because it's got massive underwater sequences, everything I've heard about what's going on at that is insane. Like underwater shots with like dozens and dozens and dozens of people, professionally trained divers, just Navi, whatever, and just like epic, epic sort of stuff. Everybody learning how to free dive and hold, do breath holds for long periods of time. So I don't know if the story's going to be any good, but you know, what's why I've been hearing about going on behind the scenes and the making this thing pretty amazing. Hmm. It's yeah. taking everything from abyss, taking everything that he's learned so far about the underwater stuff, all this. That's one of his expertise is think about that. If you're James Cameron, people are like, you know, shooting on the water is the worst. James Cameron's like, huh, you know, hold my snorkel <laughs> yeah. shooting underwater. Yeah. That is like, hold my you know, highly oxygenated liquid that totally you can breathe. <laughs> yeah, it's so kind of amazing. Uh, I got a pick. I uh, uh, over the some of the holiday time here, I've actually uh, had a chance to play more video games. Uh, usually, I don't always get too much time during the week, and uh, I, I started uh, a, a new game, but an, an old an old name, an old face. Uh, you might have heard of. They got a new Crash Bandicoot game out now. Uh, Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time. These are the... Uh, from... is, it, is it Naughty Dog? No, this is Toys for Bob, who made the... Sp- they made the Spyro the Dragon remake from a few years ago, but they didn't They didn't do the Crash Bandicoot remake. That was uh, the people who did the, the new Tony Hawk one. Uh, but this is like a whole new original story, um, a lot of new like masks and powers and levels and stuff. I think one of the interesting things about it is... Um, you know, over the years, like like the original Crash Bandicoot, which was like relatively different, difficult, had also like a lot of hidden stuff, right? If you didn't know or if you didn't look it up, it would be really difficult to find out like how you get the gems or what the gems do. Um, and now they're a little more upfront. Um, you know, they make it like, hey, you will get these many gems if you get uh, the fruits and if you clear without dying or getting, you know, these boxes. Um, I think one of the interesting things is that... Um, uh, you can play it retro style where you have lives and a game over or a modern style where you have like unlimited lives, but you get death counters when you die. And so you have to beat a level in so many counters. There are checkpointing systems and stuff. I think it's really, really well made. Um, you know, Toys for Bob did a really great job adapting the Spyro stuff. And and uh, it's fun. It just it feels like Crash Bandicoot. And um, it feels like how I remember playing Crash Bandicoot, unlike the remakes, which were really difficult, which is how those games literally were. Um, so uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. I think it's on the PlayStation and it might be on the Xbox. Um, uh, it's also very funny that they call it Crash Bandicoot 4 because it's like the eighth one that they made. They just scrubbed all of those crappy <laughs> Xbox games that they made in the 2000s. So. Andrew? I have uh, two picks. One is just a quick one. I've had this Apple Watch on my wrist now for the longest time. This is like the fourth Apple Watch I've bought. And this one has been on my wrist since I've got it. Well, I mean, other one I take it off to charge at night. And can I tell you the reason why? Hmm. The band. The, oh. the new watch has the band, which is just basically the, the elastic loop, which makes it very easy to slide on and off. And so it's. It, that's how lazy I am as a human being <laughs> that if I have to redo the band and do the little watch band thing, I just get frustrated and I leave it off. Mm-hmm. It's made and it's super flexible. I don't know if you've tried the new band. No, I haven't. This, yeah, that, that would be the thing that I wear because I adjust. I got a bunch of just cheap knockoffs, but I have an official one, too. And I adjust it all throughout the day. Sometimes I'm at two, sometimes at three, sometimes at four if I'm crazy. 
yeah, get get you can get like one of the knockoff loops. Okay. Try two, like for cheap to try. Like this one I got one's a little bit smaller when I was first trying to adjust it. Because but anyhow, um, it is the solo loop. But again, there are other you know it's Apple and a billion dollars mm-hmm. and silly. But you can get like cheaper versions that I think are probably just as effective and just as stretchy. And it is just a huge change. It has been a big change in just how easy it is to put this thing on or off and not worry about it. So um, that that's my that that made the, that's battery life obviously blah 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 could be better. But that loop, an amazing sometimes a little tweak to something, what seems like an insignificant sort of thing, can make all the difference in the world. Wow. Uh, my other pick is like uh, just to reiterate, I'm almost all caught up on the expanse and. This was a series when it first launched. I couldn't get into the book because the book just moved too slowly. Series first launched, and I'm kind of like, oh, look, pretty people in space, seeing this, da-da-da. And then I got pulled in and saw how in-depth and how great the stories were. And it just continues. I'm on the latest season. I'm waiting to watch the last, you know, slow down on my episode watch here. But, like, it's such a well-done drama, such a well-done story. Everybody's complicated. The relationships are just as interesting as the world-building and if you haven't watched The Expanse, I highly recommend it. It's in a, It goes to the story evolves and chains over time, but it still deals with what will be the problem when we go off into the frontier? People. We need people. Turns out it's still Disagreements. People. Turns out people have yeah. different opinions about things. And what if people were robots? Yeah, well, that's, that's not, probably a different not, story. Yeah, <laughs> but uh but like yeah, that you get into you know kind of this and it's a sci-fi trope of like the you know the asteroid belters versus the you know mars asteroid belt and earth kind of the you know like you go back in the 30s sci-fi and that was sort of like you know what would happen if and it takes that idea and expands it and you know kind of a very just an absolutely i think it's done really well and i love that they try to make the science real or when unless it's a thing where it's a thing that they acknowledge this is a thing we don't understand but Physics, you know, like they, they make an effort of you know, when people are walking around and, uh, you know, and they're in weightlessness, do you hear boots go clank, clank, clank? Nothing else behaves like it's in microgravity. That's fine. They're acknowledging it. They're acknowledging the fact that they don't have, and then every now and then something will float away to remind you, even though their arms fall to their side and clothes behave as if they're in gravity environment, it's a limited budget. I mean, it's a good, good big budget show, but it's like you don't want to have to spend your, all your time CGI in every single little detail. It's fine. They acknowledge it. So it lives in a world where physics is real. And I like it. Nice. Expanse. Brian, you watched Expanse? Uh, I, I got into midway through the third season, and I fell like two episodes behind Bonnie. And it was just as it was getting tedious enough that it felt like homework to get caught up. And, and, and then... Before I knew it, I was one season behind, two seasons behind, and now I find myself in the weird place where, like, yes, absolutely, I will watch it all and get all the way caught up, but they just announced that they're going to cap it off at six seasons. Now, whether or not there are movies and stuff afterwards, we'll see. But uh, now I find myself like, well, do I want to get caught up just so I can wait another year, or do I want to get caught up all as the whole world is getting ready for the final season? I will say this. I was excited. A couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, is exactly where you were. I was middle of season three because it was feeling a bit tedious, dragging. Yeah, it was feeling like we 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 get this. The stories kind of needs to move forward a bit. Uh, but then I'm like, I was hearing good things about the later seasons, and I kept meaning to. It was on my watch list, and every night, I'm like, do I want to start watching Expanse again? I 
went back in and just watched, looked, looked at the episode, I went an episode behind. So one that I knew I would have all the triggers for and just went back, started rewatch, started watching an episode behind. I'm like, oh, okay, I remember all the stuff. And then I got back in and I'm very glad I did it because it, it takes a big turn in the next season. And so. Right on. Recommend. It's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.